<laughs> well, they 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 ruined my whole spiel with the the leading of the Facebook one because I had a whole vibe to what I used to do. Now I know, and now it's I'm now just Tupac screaming "fuck Facebook" at it on every podcast. <laughs> Fuck Facebook as a staff record label and a motherfucker. Sean, come on, brother, come to Carolina. Oh my God, stop it! Just stop it. Come to Carol, sweet Carolina. Come on, come on home, baby. Come on home. <laughs> you could have still had Cam Newton. Just saying. We could still have Cam Newton. I, w- I hope he goes to Washington, actually. Maybe we'll Hell, talk- bye. Peace. I'm- Maybe we'll talk about that next pod. Don't bother me. I'm working. 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 Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a good one. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming. And we are just two guys that like BS in that word. But I tell you what's not BS, man. The NFL has finally figured it out. They finally took a page from the NBA's playbook, and they realized if we have trade rumors and drama all season long, you have to talk football all year long. You have to do it. That's what has made the NBA so popular is not just the season, which is ironic for the better part of the last decade, the regular season has been a wash because we kind of knew who was going to be in the finals every year. But what made the NBA so popular was the off-season drama. Who was going where? What trades were going to happen? What free agents? What super teams were going to be created? And that kept the NBA in buzz because you had to talk about them all offseason. The NFL finally took a page of their book and realized, you know what? If we just start trading quarterbacks left and right, you got to talk about us all year long. So even though we only have a 16-game regular season and you only get like a month or so of playoffs, we want to be relevant all year long because we are the number one sport in this country. And in order to maintain that dominance over everybody else, we need to be relevant 24-7. But the right NFL now, had that, the NFL has that without even trade rumors. They, they, they cover the NFL like no other sport. Like the, the, the amount of irrelevant minutiae that comes out of the scouting count combine and all the entire NFL offseason for the most part, no matter what, there's gonna be news about the NFL. That's how it's been for 10 years. I get what you're saying about then taking a page out of the NBA's book with the trade rumors, especially in the last couple seasons, it feels like. But I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just pointing out, I remember vividly working early mornings in a, in a warehouse, listening to sports radio. And when it was slow, it would be baseball and it would be the most random football gossip that is just the most irrelevant, you know what I mean? Like looking back on it, like, oh, this person, the, 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 the so-and-so is looking at these three quarterbacks that never panned out at maybe at number three. So let's talk to their coaches, that type of slow news oh, no, cycle. I, I, absolutely. The draft has always been a thing. But even then, this has usually been a dull time for the draft. Like right, right by the combine, it would pick up and stuff like that. But, but now it's – I, if you if you weren't paying attention, you would have thought the NFL season never stopped. You know what I mean? So that it has been full. I mean, NFL news has dominated 
I mean, dominated the news lately in terms of sports. Um, uh, in terms, well, well of- yeah, but it's kind of crazy the amount of quarterbacks being moved because a lot of the times me and you talk about how quarterback favored the league is. Mm-hmm. And that is on full display. Not saying that it's not warranted because Deshaun Watson just being in rumors, you know, in his prime as a quarterback is definitely worthy of the rumors. Russell Wilson, Super Bowl champion, definitely worthy of the rumors. Carson Wentz, I guess you have to make a big deal about him. But I, like, I think that's the craziest trade that, that has obviously happened. No shit. But I think it's insane. People think that they didn't get enough for him with how much he's getting paid with how little production he's actually shown since the injury. Well, yeah. And we talked about this last, last pod. And it's funny. We, we made, I made my prediction that he would go to the Colts and literally the next day before we even could put the pod up, he got traded to the Colts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot. I literally just didn't hit upload type of forgot. No, 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 no. Like, I'm not even saying that as a not, I'm saying that's how well, I'm letting, I'm just, I'm just pulling the curtain back because it, it was so annoying. That's why I hate talking about the NFL, especially, you know, like in the offseason, because the sport itself is week to week. And especially with like the hot takes and cold takes, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. People that treat it like it's gospel when you had a, four different opinions in six weeks. So, but the NFL offseason is even worse because trades never happen. It, like the trades never historically happen. They and then in the last couple of years, it's kind of like that just went out the window. But that's but that's my point of saying to, of taking it taking the page out of the NFL's book. Like no, let's let's use the offseason and the free agency period to remember. Free agency doesn't even start for uh, for another couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You know what's funny? It, it, it doesn't even start. Oh yeah, it hasn't started. Air quotes. It doesn't start. Right. Exactly. So so the, that's what I mean by them taking a page of the NBA book. Like, no, let's be active in the offseason because that drives attention, that drives news. And then even if we don't actually do anything, if you're talking about it all offseason, that means you're still prepared for the next season. Um, so, yeah, you have you touched upon it, it's been quarterbacks and what's going to happen. Uh I want to talk about. I don't. I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. I think Seattle loves him. I think his thing is like, "Yo, man, please put an offensive line in front of me, so I'm not beat up every day or every week." I'm with you. I th- I think that's all smoke and mirrors. I think that's. I think that's testing the waters because an agent might have said something, and not necessarily Russell Wilson's agent, but different teams looking to see how much who is worth to gauge a trade on a possible Deshaun Watson because if Carson Wentz got what he got and you're and they want whatever for Russell Wilson it's somewhere in between that because you can't you have to figure he's worth more at this point than Russell Wilson is of course just by age alone yeah just by age alone essentially uh, well, and, it, and the ceiling that's left. I just shouldn't even say age. I, I should say what we believe the ceiling to still be, right? Right. And, and Russell Wilson we, shows that he's still great. That, that I just think Watson has a higher ceiling because he could be – Watson has the capabilities just like Patrick Mahomes to be the yeah. GOAT. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we, we, we – and then you hear smaller things like Derek Carr or maybe Matt Ryan, da, da, da. and actually I want to get into that later, so I'll, I'll table that. But it's – but this is good. This is good because, again, this is one of the dog days of sports in general. You know what I mean? Like, 
the NBA season is kind of in that period that we don't really care about the regular season anymore. Uh, baseball hasn't started back up again. The draft is until the end of April. You know what I mean? So this is a good thing that the NFL has realized, why don't we take advantage of this time period and get all these trade rumors going and start making some trades and doing all this stuff because that makes sports world better. It, it just does. Um, and well, I hold on, hold on. Before you move on, you you said it, bro. You called it the Colts trade, right? And just as a refresher, I got it up on uh, the Eagles wire from USA Today. The Eagles will receive an 85th overall pick in this year's draft, and the con- conditional second rounder can, can can become a first pick based on Wentz's playing time. Wentz needs to play at least 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps for 22. For the I'm sorry for the 2022 conditional pick to convey to a first rounder, according to sources, the pick could also become a first rounder if Wentz plays at least 70 percent of the snaps and the Colts reach the playoffs. Mm. I'm I don't know about you, but I'm pretty obviously I don't think he's going to play. If he plays 70 percent of the snaps, I don't think it's going to be as good as the Colts are hoping for, because I've said a lot about Philip Rivers on my own podcast, but one thing I'm going to give him some credit for is I think he's been a better quarterback as a Colt than Carson Wentz was as an Eagle last year, because a lot of people are basing Carson Wentz off of about 11 games one mm-hmm. a couple seasons ago. And yeah. it's been a long couple seasons because of a couple bad injuries. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things like, MVP is obviously a distinct honor. We've actually talked about MVP and how bogus that award is uh, over the last couple pods. But here's the thing for, for football. Because it's only 16 games, I don't really look at players like that if they have an MVP caliber season, which is what Carson Wentz had. He had an MVP caliber season. And let's just make the argument if he didn't get hurt, he probably would have won it. Okay, cool. Matt Ryan had an MVP season. I never thought of him as this elite quarterback, and he hasn't played like an elite quarterback since. Cam Newton won MVP, and I hate to say it, as much as I love Cam Newton, he's never really been an elite-level quarterback since. When you only play 16 games, somebody can have a great year. That doesn't make them necessarily a great player. And so Carson Wentz, the question is, what? who is Carson Wentz? Is he the guy that was so bad last year? Or was he the MVP caliber player that he was in 20, what was it, 17 or whatever? Like, that's the, year the question. The year the Eagles won the title without him. Right. That, that That's the question. Who is he? Uh, because we've seen flashes of him being great, but we've also seen him have stretches, long, sometimes long stretches, of him being mediocre at best. So that's the problem. And the arm talent is there. If we're talking about arm talent, he, I mean, he yeah. lost his job this year to Jalen Hurts. I want to point out that there's recordings of me saying Jalen Hurts is better than what they're projecting him to be, like a fourth rounder, yada, 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 right? Everyone else told me, no, he's not built for the pros. And that dude beat out Carson Wentz. Yeah. That, that's the reality of the sport. I'm just pointing out to everybody that if you thought Jalen Hurts was down there with the fourth round picks, right? He, that guy beat out. Carson Wentz, and guess what? That guy is not Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it's football is such a weird. And, and and you brought up Cam, and you brought up Cam, and that's a and that's a that's a decent, you know, comparison. But I think it's 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 not even due diligence to Cam Newton because he hasn't been elite, but 
he's been better than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, oh, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not putting him or Matt Ryan. No, but I'm there's not... people. No, but there's people out there that will hear this podcast, and there's people out there that truly believe Carson Wentz is this MVP caliber quarterback. Kind of like how people were putting Matt Ryan up on a pedestal a couple of years ago. The NFL is weird because when you only play 16 games, you know what I mean? We we see it in, in sports in general. You know what I mean? Somebody could be on a tear for two weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody could be playing. A team could be playing well. Uh, and, and basketball and baseball especially, you see it all the time where a team is playing really well. The next thing you know, they're struggling. And it's like, wait, they lost 10 straight? Like, last time I checked, I thought they won like eight of the last nine. What happened? You know what I mean? Like, so 16 games in any sport is not a, a good sample size, but in football, that's your entire season. So anybody can have, and I, I don't want to say anybody, but when these, when these guys have these MVP quote unquote caliber seasons, it's very hard to gauge whether that's them or if they just had a magical year. Remember Nick Foles had a, had an MVP caliber season for the Eagles. All, 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 you know, his first stint with Chip Kelly, so the Colt, but, but if you're the Colts, you have to feel good about it because you didn't give up much to get him. The guy that was there when he had his MVP caliber season is your head coach. You have a good offensive line. You have weapons. You have a defense. So realistically, you don't even need him to get back to his MVP caliber state. You just need him to be a competent quarterback, and they should at least make the playoffs. And, and be good. And if he does return to his MVP caliber state, then I got that. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that they should be one of the favorites. And I don't think they're better than the chiefs, but they should be up there with the, with the bills as like barely the second best team in the conference. So, you know, I think it was a great trade for the Colts. It's very low risk um, for potentially a high reward. And if he doesn't pan out, you know, you, you move on. But again, that team is so good around Carson Wentz that they don't need him to be great. They just need him to not make mistakes and not be as bad as he was last year. So that, you and know, a lot of his problem was holding onto the ball too long. Yeah. Which is the opposite problem of having a terrible offensive line. Right. So right. I, I don't know how much of a difference the offensive line is going to make but he definitely will have better weapons in Indy than he had in Philadelphia. At least, well, I mean, but even if he holds on to the ball too long, if you know you have protection, you know what I mean. Like you can, you you're allowed more time to to hold on to the ball, and if you have better weapons that can get open faster, maybe you're not holding on to the ball as long. So, I mean, look, I'm not going to be a hater and say that there's no way this is going to work. Again, I don't know. Just like the rest of us don't know, we don't know what Carson Wentz is. We don't know if mentally he's so frazzled at this point that he can't get back to it but i do know he has the arm talent to be a great quarterback if we're talking about strictly arm talent he might have a top five arm talent in the league and that's where people are so and that's why people are so that's why he's such a head scratcher because you look at him and he makes plays that you say wow he should be a, a mvp candidate every year but the fact that he's not is the problem so we'll see um Moving also, on to also, it should be noted that mm-hmm. there's been more than enough reporting out of Philadelphia about Carson Wentz's lack of leadership. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's going to be a question. Big... He's been called selfish. 
and this is all within the context of the sport because almost everyone clarifies that this dude is super religious and super charitable outside of of the game of football so all the leadership and personality questions are strictly field related you know locker room related not necessarily Mm -hmm. any indictment on the dude's character and i just think that we need to clarify that these days because some people like the skip baylesses of the world read way too much into the position yeah as we've been saying over and over again this pod no absolutely absolutely and and look i wish him the best of luck um not too much luck because I still want my Steelers to win something. I don't know. So the Colts being great is not helping that cause. But I wish none of them luck. I hope both of them lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> well, moving on to uh, the biggest fish that might be out there, Deshaun Watson. Um, and speaking of rumors, there was a rumor that the Panthers might be going after him. And it would be CMC, Christian McCaffrey, and as much as three first-round picks. And I know there's a lot of Panthers fans that are like, oh, no, I wouldn't do it. CMC's really good, da-da-da. And I was one of <clears> – <throat> originally, I was one of the people that said, well, the Panthers realistically could not get him. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized that might be maybe not the perfect scenario for him, but I think it would be a really good scenario. And, and you can call me biased because you know I like the Panthers, but hear me out here. The Panthers will also be giving them the eighth pick in the draft. No, it's not, you know, the second or the third pick like Miami could, but it's still a top 10 pick. They could probably throw in and they probably would throw in Teddy Bridgewater. So at least Houston has like a stopgap quarterback as they can try to, as they try to rebuild that team. And Christian McCaffrey is really freaking good. But the good thing about Christian McCaffrey is, he plays maybe maybe the most replaceable superstar position in sports. Um, and we saw that last year with Mike Davis. Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey was out for most of the year with injuries, and Mike Davis had a pretty had a really good year. Is he Christian McCaffrey? No, but you don't need him to be Christian McCaffrey. You just need him to do the things that Christian McCaffrey does, which he does. And he does it at a high enough level that I don't know if you're going to necessarily miss Christian McCaffrey. You would miss Christian McCaffrey because he's in a thousand and a thousand guy. And that's 2000 yards of the Panthers offense, at least hypothetically gone. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to miss him because I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, Giants fan Saquon Barkley got hurt and coaching figured out a way to keep the run game strong. That's, but there was plenty of times we missed him on the screens. We, we missed him just for that threat on the field. And I think Christian McCaffrey's presence can't be understated. I get what you no, mean. No, absolutely. Well, but but I was but I was getting it. I was getting that. So you're not going to get the production. You need what you need is the dynamic of your offense. And Mike Davis did that. He had home run hit. You know what I mean? Like he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he is somebody that you could throw a screen to, and if the if, if the blocking's there, he could take one to the house. Um, he he had a really good year last year, and the good thing is. When you have Deshaun, Christian McCaffrey was so great because he was the offense. Even when Cam Newton was there, you know, Cam Newton was hurt, you know, a little bit older, obviously with Teddy Bridgewater. Christian McCaffrey was the offense, which is why he got such a high percentage of their yards and their plays. Deshaun Watson's the weapon now. So you're not even going to be looking to get that same production out of your running back because you don't want the ball in your running back's hands as much. You want it in Deshaun Watson's hands. So with that being said, 
Mike Davis still gives you that dual threat back out of the backfield. So that dynamic of your offense does not have to change. Um, you well, have- actually, a week ago mm-hmm. on Pro Football Talk, uh, posted by Mike Florio, it was, it's called Would a Panthers Trade for Deshaun Watson Include Christian McCaffrey? And I'll read it real quick. It's not long at all. The Panthers just signed McCaffrey to a long-term deal, giving him $21.5 million for a signing bonus. Trading him now would trigger a $17.2 million cap charge. With Watson making only $10.54 million in 2021, McCaffrey would actually chew up $666, I'm sorry, $6.6 million more in cap space than Watson next season. The Panthers, the Panthers would take another $10 million cap charge for trading Teddy Bridgewater before June 2nd based on the $15 million signing bonus bonus he received last year on a three-year deal that that's 27.2 million in dead money tied for trading for Watson if McCaffrey would indeed be part of the deal the other question becomes whether the Texans would want McCaffrey new GM Nick Casario comes from a place where running backs were jammed into a revolving door with no workhorse at the position uh Cassero sorry I have no idea how to pronounce his name may not be inclined to put all running backs eggs in the McCaffrey basket. So it continues to seem unlikely that McCaffrey will be part of any trade for Watson, but the possibility of McCaffrey being shipped to Houston hasn't gone away and likely won't until Watson is or isn't traded to the Panthers. So I think it's interesting because reporting shows that they like, he's not even part of this deal. I get why initial rumors would include him because, you know, best player on the team, but it's, it does, it, it, you know, after reading that, it makes sense that he wouldn't be included. So I think it would be safe if you're going to. Whoa, whoa. All right. Well, let, well, let me, let me say this then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, like, hold on. If, like, I, if you can keep Christian McCaffrey and get the Sean Watson, this is a different yeah. conversation. Now. Then, then it's the, well, then it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Calm down. This doesn't mean you're getting. <laughs> no, but what, well, well, but my point is, I realistically, I don't even know, unless you're giving them five first round picks, I don't even know how you get that deal done without Christian McCaffrey. That, that's just me. Um, even with Christian McCaffrey, the, the, the Dolphins and the Jets can still blow that deal out the water. If it's Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater, and two or three first round picks, the Dolphins and the Jets can still probably up up that offer if they wanted to now Deshaun Watson people forget this Deshaun Watson does have a no trade clause so if he decided no I'd rather go to the Panthers because they're a better team and that's a, and that's another thing that I was getting at the Panthers are a much better team than their record uh shows they lost I, I believe seven games by one score or less so it's one of those things where that's why they've been so active in the quarterback market because they believe with a better quarterback, they're a playoff team right now. So if you're the Panthers and if you're Deshaun Watson, you're looking at this team like, wait a minute, this isn't a team that is as bad as their record suggests they are. If I'm on this team, we can do some damage. They have DJ Moore, who I think could be a star in this league, especially if they had to do like Deshaun Watson throwing in the ball. They have Robbie Anderson. They have Curtis Samuel. They have a decent receiving core. It's not anything epic, but they have a pretty good receiving core. Like I said, whoever's at your running back position is a weapon, whether that's Mike Davis or if especially if it's Christian McCaffrey, you have a weapon out of the backfield. Um, I do Real really- quick, before we continue on with the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, five minutes ago, breaking NFL news. Uh-oh. J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Signing with the Cardinals, the source, JJ Watt. 
Really? Wow, he picked the Cardinals over the Bills to steal it. Wow, that's interesting. Cardinals have a lot of talent on that team. If they figure it out, they can be dangerous, man. And I know him and him and D Hop are friends. Um, that's ve- to be honest, that's very interesting. I think I think that had to be a money thing because I think I know the Steelers, I know the Chiefs, I know the Bills. They didn't have the cap space to like give him max money. Um, so that's interesting that he's choosing to go to Arizona, uh, where they probably have a little bit more money to play with. But that's interesting. Good for him. Good for him. Um, that's a that's a great addition for the Cardinals. The um, Cardinals are, are a young team with the capability of being scary. They definitely got vibes of the Seahawks, you know, from you know six seven mm-hmm. years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. But let's see, let's yeah, see. And again, he shared a picture of him working out in a Cardinal shirt. Nice, good for him. Good for him. I'm, ha- I'm happy that he's that he seems to be okay with that decision. I, I really want him to come to the Steelers, have all the Watt brothers together. Um, but you know, good for him. Yeah, that would have been cool. Not, I'm not gonna hate on on, on you dreaming of that. That'd be cool. In uh, for back to the Sean Watson, just to get it out there because you said you know Miami could do better. I just pulled it up real quick. One hypothetical trade would see Miami ship three first round picks, a second round pick and to a tongue of Aloha to Houston. Mm-hmm. Another one would be Watson could be the number three pick, the number 18 pick, and the 2020 first round pick, and then a 2023 second round pick. That's just, so, it's so, and then Tua, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's just crazy. Well, yeah, the Jets and Miami both have multiple first round picks this year. They both have young quarterbacks that they could send back, and then obviously they have mo- they have picks in upcoming years that they could always send. So they those are the two teams that offer Houston the most. But again, Deshaun Watson would have to want to go there. And the problem with the Jets specifically is if they trade all that draft capital to get to get him, like what is he going to the team for? You know what what's a layer when he gets there, and I, I believe you were the one person, people that said, well, he might believe that he could get people to sign there. And that's great, but you have to have a really big belief that you can do that. And not only that, you got to sign a lot of people. They need a lot. So I don't think the Jets are, are realistic at all. Miami already has a defense. They have a decent receiving core. Uh, their offensive lines are one of the worst in the league, though. So I don't know about that. Um, like I said, Carolina, I think, has a pretty decent team. I think they might also have to get their offensive line worked up a little bit, but it's not as bad as Miami or or New York's are is, um, and like I said, uh, you know, yeah, but but Miami was missed out on the playoffs because they played Tua and didn't keep playing Fitz Magic, right? So if they got Deshaun Watson from nothing but picks, they're a playoff team without a doubt. Oh no no! Miami's definitely much more relatable than than New York for sure, for sure. Well, I, the only thing that hurts Miami, in my opinion, is their offensive line was like literally the worst in the NFL last year. That that's the one thing that hurts Miami. And if you're Deshaun Watson, who one of the reasons why you want to leave Houston, people forget, is because him and Russell Wilson were literally the, the most sacked quarterbacks since they've been in the league. Um, you know that's why both of them are like yo. Either get me an well, that's why Russell Wilson's like, give me an offensive line or get me out of here. And that's why that's one of the reasons why Deshaun's like, no, 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 just get me out of here. Cause my offensive line has been putrid since I've been in the league. 
Um, so if you're going to Miami, the fact that their offensive line was the worst in the league last year, that's that's not really something that's uh, that you would probably want to get into, especially since they have, you know, they have Devontae Parker. They have decent weapons, but again, nothing that's going to make you say, ooh, if I'm on this team, we can do some things offensively. Um, you know, like I said, Carolina, they got some weapons. D- I'm telling you, DJ Moore is a really good player. And if he had a guy like Deshaun Watson, he could be a, a Pro Bowl-esque player. Uh, Robbie Anderson's not bad. He He's a borderline Pro Bowler. Again, especially if he had a great wa- quarterback just like Deshaun Watson. So they got... And like and then like you said, if they don't even have to, if they somehow pull that off without Christian McCaffrey, that's a totally different. That's that's I, I even think about that. That's a totally different mindset. Um, but also remember, he's from Atlanta, which is only like three hours away from Charlotte. He went to Clemson, which is not too far from Charlotte. So it might it might be well, you know location wise, it might be a better fit for him as well. Um, just trying to get back into that area. Um, but yeah, I I think you know a lot of people are sleeping on the Panthers as a potential place for him, and I I slept on them as well because again I said realistically how are you going to make that trade work? But the more and more I think about it, the more and more I believe that that might be the best place for him to go fit wise in terms of being able to win now and also being able not to mention that division's old as crap. Matt Ryan, you know, probably not going to be in the league too much longer. Tom Brady's obviously drinking the fountain of youth, but you got to figure one day Father Time will wake up and realize that he kept hitting, that he didn't hit the snooze button, he hit the stop button um, and go get him. And, you know, Drew Brees, were, were, you know, uh, if he hasn't retired already, he's probably only going to be there for another year. And Deshaun Watson's only 25, so you could be running that division for a long time if you pull this deal off now. So, yeah, even with the, all the cap hits, I think you take that. I think you would take that in a heartbeat because it might mess you up for this upcoming season, but then for the next decade, maybe you might be the king of that division. So it's if you're the Panthers, I, I'm I'm all for. It. I don't care what the cap hit is. Um, and then segue into that, we got to talk about the draft because the all these quarterbacks and all these scenarios, especially for Houston's sake, is going to have to consider their next quarterback. Um, and I look at the draft and, you know, I love the draft. I love mock drafts. I love all of it, but I'm, I gotta admit, I'm seeing something that's just driving me crazy in these latest drafts, uh, mock drafts. And, and that is the notion that not only are we going to have five quarterbacks taken in the first round, but that all five of them will be gone in the top 15. I don't think that's happening at all. At all. Like, at all. One, one mock draft had, like, literally the first four picks be quarterbacks. That's not going to happen. Well, all of a sudden now, this kid from BYU is being is worthy of being taken second. So, I yeah. don't even know. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where every draft has happened. Some quarterback comes out of nowhere. Hell, as a Giants fan, I got one of them. So, it's kind of like... Mel Kuyper is going to do his thing. He's going to do a song and dance about who's a franchise quarterback, who's got 10 years in the league at least, yada, 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 yada. And everybody eats it up because just a couple years ago, we were hearing that Sam Darnold 
is going to be the savior. He's going to be the USC quarterback that has the most success in the league because he has the highest cap. Look how young he is, yada, 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 yada. And three years later, no one wants to pay him. So all the type oh, of well, hate. It's, I mean, well, it's funny you say that. It's, it's funny so you much. say that. Mel Kuyper uh, said the other day that he still thinks Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. So he, he doesn't think the Jets should draft a quarterback. He thinks that they should uh, build around Sam Darnold. But he believes they will draft a quarterback um, – what do you? Well, I, don't, I don't think you've ever commented on that. What do you think the Jets should do? Oh, I've, I've well, you. I've said it on multiple pods. I think the Jets should build around Sam Darnold. I think he's a good quarterback. He has nothing to work with. So my thing is, why would you move laterally and draft a quarterback and then still have to use the rest of your cap cap uh, capital, your draft capital? I'm sorry to build around him when you can just use your draft capital to build around the young quarterback that you have. Um, that's me. And, and I, and that's, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into, th- which is why I don't believe that all these quarterbacks are going to be taken early. And here's why I say this for, for a few reasons. One, look at what happened this off season. There was a time where the mindset is, if you have a quarterback, go get a quarterback. We don't care what, how much it costs. We don't care if you're reaching. If you need a quarterback, go get a quarterback. And we've seen that that mindset has backfired. Jerry Goff went number one in the 2016 draft. Uh, Carson Wentz went number two. Both of those dudes already are off of their teams. Both of those teams traded up and gave up a lot of draft capital to go up and get those guys. Look at what the Dolphins have done, and to their credit at that. They drafted Tua after trading for what's-his-face from the Cardinals because the Cardinals gave up on him after one year. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're about to give up on Tua because they're not beat. They, 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 they're saying, okay, we missed on this pick. We're not going to dig ourselves a five-year hole just to see if you ever improve, which I think is the right thing to do. I think it's funny because all the the – the money ball NFL fans that just act like you're, if you're a quarterback is more valuable, no matter what mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's the proof's in the pudding. Like why, why are you devoting five years just because they're on their rookie contract? If you have no faith after one season. Right. And so, so part of it is all these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence, I'm not including Trevor Lawrence. We know he's going number one. Um, although, I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer took fields just because of the Ohio State connection. But Trevor Lawrence will go number yeah, one. Yeah, don't don't even say that. Well, but I mean, I, I doubt it. But uh, you know, could you Lawrence- imagine the screams we would hear in this state from all the Jets fans if the number one pick they passed up on on Trevor Lawrence? Oh, please! It would it would be a monster. You you would hear screams like nothing would even happen yet. You would just literally hear a bunch of people start screaming like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're not even watching the draft and you're just like oh they did it they went well, it's like you know i get the notification and i'm like oh it did happen you know, <laughs> I, I, just, I just hear chaos in the background you just hear explosions um but yeah <laughs> but but you know <laughs> but trevor, trevor Lawrence is gonna go number one but after that again i don't think the Jets draft a quarterback Everybody is assuming the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback. I don't think so. They can't trade Matt Ryan's contract. And again, they, like the Panthers, lost a lot of games by one score. And if you're the Falcons, you're saying, and, and mind you, their defense has been decimated with injuries the last couple of years. And they lost a lot of close games just doing bonehead stuff, like not picking up a ball uh, onside kick when they should have. Um, so again, they're one of those teams that believe, 
excuse me. They're one of they're one of those teams that believe that they're closer to the playoffs than a top five than a bottom five team. So if you're the Falcons, why wouldn't you take advantage of this year and draft guys that are going to help your team right now, aka like defensive players, even hell, getting another weapon? You know, you got to deal with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and all the weapons they have. You can draft another wide receiver to go with Julio and Calvin Ridley. Um, so the, I don't think the Falcons will take a quarterback. Uh, we talked about the Panthers earlier. Let's say they don't trade. Let's say Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded or at least doesn't get traded to them at eight. They might, I could see them taking Trey Lance. And the reason why I say that is because the point two of not only, like I said, these quarterbacks have high potential, but they have very, there's very shaky in terms of what we, you know, uh, there's, there's question marks about them. And what we know about scouts are scouts want to poke, they want to prod, they want to figure out what kind of toothpaste do you use, they want to know what kind of underwear you wear. We talk about modern day slavery, the draft combine is literally, you know, slave auction. Like if these dudes could literally get away with it, could legally get away with it, they would have these dudes stripped naked so they could check every crook and cranny of their bodies before they figure out what they should draft because they want to be confident in who they draft. So you're telling me you have a group of quarterbacks that have shaky parts of their games and it was COVID. So no, no off season, the combine's not going to be the same. The interview process is not going to be the same. The pro days aren't going to be the same. And you're telling me you have a bunch of scouts that are going to go to their, you know, uh, representative GMs and say, yo, I'm so confident in this quarterback. We should take them. I doubt it. Now I can see the Panthers saying, looking at Trey Lance and saying, you know what? Even though we're not sure about him, his skill set would be perfect in our system. And we believe in our system, he could be great. And they still have Teddy Bridgewater. So he doesn't have to start day one. So I can see Trey Lance being the second quarterback taken with the eighth pick. But then after that, you're already out of the top 10 and only two quarterbacks have been taken. And so I, I see a scenario where Justin Fields doesn't get taken, even though taken early, even though everybody th- thinks he should. Because if you're Washington and he's still there at 19, do you take him after the whole Dwayne Haskins thing? You know my theory about Ohio State quarterbacks. If you're Washington, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, we just went through this. And even though a lot of Dwayne Haskins was an off-the-field thing or a lack of leadership type of thing, it's not like he performed on the field too either. So Ohio State is known for creating these great quarterbacks that – play well in college but don't do anything in, at the pro level so if Zach Wilson is gone because he might be gone before top 15 but after he's gone I can see Justin Fields and Mac Jones falling into the 20s and then they might get picked up if if all five guys go I guarantee you at least two or three of them are going in the 20s I don't see I don't see them uh four or five of them all going in the top 15 I just don't It just doesn't make sense. That's just not how the draft works. That's not how the process works. And especially in this year, when you have quarterbacks that are this questionable and you have a, and you have a year where you cannot, you know, figure out what their auntie did does on the weekends, like, like scouts want to know, like it's, it's, I just don't see in a scenario where teams are going to be gung-ho about getting these guys early or trading up to get them early. I just don't see it. I really don't. No, I definitely agree with you there. And just to play devil's advocate, I guess the only way you could even make the argument that many quarterbacks would be taken in this draft is if you expect them to sit 
behind Matt Ryan. You expect them to sit behind mm. Jalen Hurts because I don't mm. see which quarterback after the, the obvious ones, like one or two, would even start on the Eagles right now. The Lions, same thing. Are you are you competing with Goff? Or are you or like is Goff gonna be the most expensive backup in the world? I don't see that. Same right. For the Broncos. I don't know if anybody in this draft is better than the options they currently have and that they can pick at those positions. Right, exactly. And and like I said, I definitely don't see teams trading up to get these guys because there's question marks. There really are. And and most of them is competition. I mean, even last year, we had four quarterbacks go. But again, Joe Burrow played at LSU, won the national championship game. Tua was a highly sighted, uh, sought after prospect, went to Alabama. Herbert played for um, Oregon. Justin Love I mean, Jordan Love fell all the way to, what, 24 or something like that? And the Packers traded back up to get him. But he played at Utah State. And you saw, because he played at a mid-major school, he fell. So what? let's look at who we have this year. Again, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, won a, won a national title. We know he's going to go first. But everybody else, you got a kid from BYU. You got a kid from North Dakota State. You got a kid from... Alabama but he's a statue he's not the mobile quarterback that today's NFL players are you know today's NFL is geared towards and you got a guy in Justin Fields who played at Ohio State but again Ohio State does not have a great track record of producing NFL caliber quarterbacks so there's no way I'm seeing a I'm seeing this many scouts saying you know what I know he played at BYU but this kid's gonna be great I know he played at uh, North Dakota State, but this kid's going to be great. I know he went to Ohio State, but this kid's going to be great. You know, and, and I get it. You only need one team to fall in love with you. But like I said, this is a recipe for guys sitting in that green room, you know what I mean, looking sad not and not walking across the stage early. Um, and again, I, I wish that on nobody, but that's the point I'm making. I don't, I don't like the fact that we're hyping this up to be this great gold rush of quarterbacks and i get it also the the theory is next year's quarterback class is going to be god awful so if you need a quarterback take them this year take one this year and don't wait till next year i get it but again we can't say that because every like you said every year somebody comes out of nowhere we don't know what quarterback is going to come out of nowhere next year and have an amazing year and is the number one overall pick in the draft and somebody else does something and now they're a great you know pick second quarterback we don't know so even with that theory that doesn't mean reach on a quarterback this year because you're afraid you might not be able to get one next year I just don't see it um I again I can I can see five quarterbacks going in the first round but like I said if they do two if not three of them are going to be in the 20s I can almost guarantee you that because I do not see teams trading up for them, or do I see the teams already in the top 15 saying, oh, yeah, this guy's the answer to our solution. I just don't see them having enough film, uh, paperwork, whatever, on these guys to be that confident. I really don't. And even a guy like Trey Lance, the only reason why I think he might go first, go, go earlier, is because if you're the Panthers, you might say, this dude fits what Matt Rule's system is perfectly. And we have Teddy Bridgewater, so he doesn't have to start day one. So, and that's the only reason why I think Trey Lance might go go early. Uh, other than that, he might drop. So, th- like I said, this notion that we're gonna get all these quarterbacks in the top ten. There's so many mock drafts that have three or four of these guys going in the top ten. I just don't see it. It's just unrealistic 
And I, I hate that they do that only because on draft day, when you see these kids, you know, sitting in the green room sad because they're, they're, they're there for two hours longer than they thought they would be there, it, that's always a sad thing to see. And But it, it happens when you get these mock drafts that keep predicting these unrealistic things. I mean, we've because never had... Because there's agents and then there's the writers that want yep. clicks and there's certain writers that are friends with certain people yep. that hype up stuff to the writers like the writers aren't lying they're they're reporting what they're hearing right but exactly the most political part of sports is around draft time and it's ridiculous the amount of information and disinformation from the draft the, like the, the the college kids getting drafted their yeah. agents the teams that want to draft the teams that are trying to affect draft stocks so they have a better shot at drafting them later they're going to miss out on them in round three mm -hmm. the littlest things the littlest changes in narrative it is so crazy go back and like just pick a year this is for everybody right homework pick a year and go look up the draft rumors from that draft about a player you know was a bust or a player that you knew wasn't a bust and read what they were saying and that's why he went in the fifth round mm -hmm. yeah honey badger comes to mind dude smoked weed one of right. the best safeties in the sport. Right. And that's back when it was still like taboo. So, it was like, oh my God, don't touch this dude. He and it wasn't taboo to the, the, the NFL fans. It was taboo to the, the good old boys club that is the right. shield. Like, right. And, and again, and that's my point. Like, know your audience. So, yeah, you know, Mel Kuyper might be saying, and I'm not trying to pick on Mel Kuyper, but Mel Kuyper might be. Sorry. Yeah. He's been around the longest. He's the default person. Right. Uh, it's like, it's like, you know, Mel Kuyper and all these other guys might think, yeah, this makes sense for all these quarterbacks to go early. And they might be right in their way of thinking. But again, I'm not thinking about their way of thinking. I'm thinking about the scouting teams of these good old boy clubs and the way they think and the way they do things. Like I said. Oh, oh, you're not wrong. And it's kind of funny because even if Mel Kuyper is honestly thinking he's just ranking the best players by talent over need, that's still an argument to be had. There are people that are always going to believe a mediocre quarterback is better than a good mediocre to good offensive lineman. Right. Like if you don't feel that strongly about anybody and you really believe that the fifth best quarterback in this draft is better than the second best cornerback. Right. You know, I, there are arguments to be made. I, it just annoys me because no other position gets hyped for literal mediocrity. Like if you're not, even, you're barely a game manager that they get drafted so high and like, good for you, man, if you exist a decade in the league, but for the most part, most of these guys that are forced around draft time, the Trubisky's of the world mm -hmm. or these franchise quarterbacks, like uh, Colt McCoy comes to mind. Dude, like yep. I'm not going to hate on their college careers because college careers, you can have an amazing college career. Tim Tebow was one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. Johnny Manziel is one of the most entertaining college quarterbacks of all time. That doesn't mean it translates to the pros. Right, and, and Johnny Manziel was a great example because I remember when he was coming out and I'm sitting there like, like what are y'all seeing that makes y'all think that he's going to be this great NFL quarterback? He's literally throwing out lollipops. Like he was doing all this stuff I'm like, first of all, he's not going to get away with this in the NFL. He was jumping over guys and doing all this weird stuff. And he would literally throw the ball up in the air. We would hang there for it. It seemed like forever. But because he had Mike Evans and Mike Evans was the best player on the field, you would see Mike Evans just sitting there waiting for it to come down. And he would just jump up and grab it. 
And I'm like, all right, well, unless you tell me he's going to play with a Mike Evans type player, I don't see this working in the NFL. And unfortunately, it didn't work in the NFL. Ironically, he got paired with a Mike Evans like player in Cleveland with Josh Gordon, but didn't. Right. To sum it up and not be disrespectful to two dudes that obviously have addiction issues, it was demons that got the best of that talented roster. Like I'm not saying Johnny Football was going to be Johnny Football in the NFL. Like like I my my friends for the most part when it comes to college football, if it ain't the in a, in a local team, right? We're pretty much all Bama fans because of their defense and their running game. The la, the, the whole Saban era, right? So. We watch those teams dominate college football, and then you had Johnny Football that shows up and is just killing Bama. Mm-hmm. It was it was some of the most exciting college football of. Oh the yeah, time. absolutely. I mean, Johnny Football was a show. Don't get me wrong. And the good old boys club, Jerry Jones, was going to draft him with one of those top picks. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Over over uh, um, the lineman that turned out to be who, who's going to be like a Hall of Famer. The franchise lineman they got that that, that uh, Stephen Jones, I think, is his son's name, made yeah. him draft. Just to put into context about how overhyped some of these quarterbacks get, and how underhyped some of these running backs get, because oh, you can get a good running back in the second round, and you can get Tom Brady in the sixth. That doesn't mean it, it. You know, like it isn't an exception to the rule. Like I, I hear it more because I have Saquon Barkley on my team, and I and I'm, I feel justified in, in where the Giants picked him now. You feel justified, really? What you want to know why? Why? How's Sam Darnold working out? I mean, I mean, saying, who's this person the Giants should have took? Herbert wasn't there. Josh Allen, you could have had Josh Allen. I, that, that's who, partially coaching too, man. I'm, sure, who, I'm, who, who, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I don't have I don't have the faith in Pat Shermer to bring Josh Allen along. That's that's a good point. That's so I point. I see what I see. That's a good. That's he's the best option right now. But honestly, if Saquon Barkley got hurt, if he, when he's not hurt, he's arguably the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. And and that's not hyperbole. That's not no, me that's, being that's, that's real talk. That is real talk. He he is one of the most talented. Wait, wait. Here's the here's the thing about that. And I said it then. I say it now. Right. It, to me, it's not the fact that you took a running back high because, like, no. If he's a great player, take him. I don't care. I don't care. That's silly. My issue was. Because he plays running back and because of the time frame that most running backs have, if you don't have a quarterback, you run a greater risk of wasting the pick and wasting his prime. Um, Because as long as it takes for you to find a quarterback, Saquon Barkley is probably going to have amazing stats and you guys are probably never going to win anything. That was my only issue. If you guys had a quarterback already and you guys were like, oh, well, we, you know, we we really should get an offensive lineman or something. I'm like, no, nah, go ahead and take him. You can always get, you can always build your offensive line. But when you don't have a quarterback, we had a quarterback. We didn't have an offensive line. Uh, I'm you, just saying, man. Like, I know you're not in love with Eli, but like, uh, the line has improved since then. That's, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. But also coaching, because Pat Shermer. That's a big thing. What I'm saying, like, I'm not even trying to to, to take away all responsibility from Eli and his diminished talent in, with his age i'm just pointing out to you joe judge is a better coach than pat Shermer. that's i mean shit is today monday like come on <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not even that's not even that's not even a question no and you're right and, I'm just saying, and, saquon, and saquon is a generational talent like, let, let's not that's what i'm pointing out saquon was going to be great no matter what and we right. dropped him at two 
in, in, in a draft that there isn't any sure thing because Josh Allen has turned into something that looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't that his rookie year either. No, he wasn't. So, so I get what you're saying too. What are you building around? I'm just pointing out. I didn't. I don't have the faith in Pat Shermer to turn Josh Allen into this. Like maybe if we did draft Josh Allen, it could be this upcoming season he turned into that. But mm-hmm. that dude, I'm happy for Buffalo. So part of me is it's like I wasn't even trying in my head when I said that I wasn't even trying to take him away from Buffalo because good for them. Yeah. They got their dude. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like it's always cool to see a franchise that's been starving and thirsty for a franchise quarterback, get one. Right. Is that like you hate, you hate the Browns, but rivalries are more fun when you got somebody to hate and you've never had a Browns quarterback to hate. At least Baker Mayfield gives you that. Yeah. I don't even hate Baker Mayfield, but disrespect. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. He's just, I listen, Baker, Baker Mayfield went number one, partly because they knew the jets wanted him at three. So they took him at one. So they, because they didn't have faith that he would be there at four. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, as good as he is sometimes, my problem with him is he's he's Jared Goff. He's a system guy. When the system's working, he's great. When the system's not working, it gets a little dicey. Well, well, it's it's a show and prove here, but he had, he did improve. Like I, I pulled up his stats real quick because I didn't I don't know him off offhand, you know what I mean? Like oh, his stats are great. Like, but, like he, he, he ain't bad. 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions with a quarterback rating of 95.9. Like, 62% completion rating. You can, it can improve everywhere. You don't want to stay stagnant with those yards and that completion percentage. But the TD interception ratio on a mostly running offense, that's good, man. I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't well, moved which, Odell which, again. I really thought they were going to move Odell. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think mm. – I think they want to see what that could what that could be though, because I think that him if they can unlock Baker and Odell, that takes them to the next level. Now you're a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, but but again, even in that draft, they got uh, Baker in the first overall pick, but they got Nick Chubb, who's really the you know who's really the cog to that offense. They got him in in that second round that same year, and so that's what I was saying. Like, look. You could have gotten your quarterback at two and still probably got a good running back in the second round. They might not be Saquon, but they but there's somebody that could that could have helped you. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you're you're absolutely right. And the draft is, and that's the beautiful thing about the draft. There's so many rumors, and we don't know. You know what I mean? We'll we'll probably be on a pod a couple of years from now, and you're probably you, you might be saying, "Hey, remember when you kept saying Justin Fields is another Ohio State quarterback? Look at." You know, how stupid do you feel now? And I might say you're right. You know, well, we mean? could be talking about your Steelers, and you could be in the playoffs with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, absolutely right. Exactly. Um, hey, yeah, yeah. Your brain didn't know how to process that. I wasn't insulting your teacher. <laughs> like you're like, uh, yeah, I guess you. You're so not excited for Big Ben to be gone. Yeah, only because we don't have anything in the chamber yet. But again to my point right to what i was saying before if you're the steelers at 20 i, I forgot for 22 or 24 you're probably going to draft a running back or offensive lineman because that's what you need the most but again let's say a guy like zach wilson fell there you gotta at least think about it because now it's like okay well hold on that's interesting if you're the falcons and he's at 24 do you think about training back up to get him because you might say to yourself all right at four we didn't want our future quarterback but at 24, hmm, that's interesting. 
if he slides back a couple more spots, we might think about trading up. And like I said, back to the original point, I think that's where we'll see a run on these quarterbacks in the mid to late 20s. I just don't see it happening in the top 15. Um, Because they're just unknown. There's just too many unknown factors with these guys. For somebody, you know, top 10 picks are valuable. You know what I mean? You got to hit. You If you're not going to hit on any other pick, you have to hit on your top 10 picks, especially if it's a quarterback. But, you know what I mean? Because that could set you back a long, long, long time. Let, ask the Rams, ask the Eagles. So it's one of those weird things where ask I – Ask the Jets, ask the Browns. Yeah, exactly. So if you're if – you're, these teams and you don't have the huge three ring binder worth of information on these dudes that you usually have. And there's major question marks about all of them, even though they have potential. And that's another thing. What is their potential? Everybody's saying Justin Fields is Dak Prescott. Okay. So how do you feel about Dak Prescott? If you think he is underrated and he is an elite quarterback, maybe you like Justin Fields. If you think he's overrated and he's only good because he has an offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott and weapons, then then you're saying to yourself, why would I even touch Justin Fields? Who is an Ohio State quarterback? So it's like, okay, either he's going to be a complete bust or at best he's Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? Like there's we- They're in a weird round where there's potential, but I don't know if it's like elite level potential but yet, at the same time, there's still major question marks about their game. So it's like high risk, kind of high reward, maybe not high reward. So again, I just don't see teams saying, okay, I got to get this guy with the fifth pick in the draft. Well, it wouldn't be fifth because uh, the Bengals definitely aren't taking a quarterback, but you know what I mean. Well, don't worry. We got over a month to hear way more rumors and, and so many narrative changes. And, and, and I- so much bullshit that we're not going to care about two months from now, but right. But I mean, and the good thing is once Deshaun, or well, if, and when Deshaun Watson gets traded, that will, that will switch up a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. If that happens, we're, we're right back on here. Tell them where they can find you, bro. You can find me at never for Brett me N E V a underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M E on both Instagram and Twitter. And we are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram, at the dope blog on Twitter, and at www.thedope.blog. Catch all of our pods on Apple and Spotify. Well, where can they find you? Wait, wait, where can they find you, Mr. Not Chuck D? Not the Chuck D, all the socials. Yeah, come on, man. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they, they ruined my whole spiel with the, the leading of the Facebook one because I had a whole vibe to what I used to do now. I know. And now it's I'm, I'm now just Tupac screaming fuck Facebook at it on every podcast. <laughs> fuck Facebook as a staff record label and a motherfucker. Sean, come on, brother. Come to Carolina. Oh my God. Stop it. Just stop it. Come to Carolina. Sweet Carolina. Come on. Come on home, baby. Come on home. <laughs> you could have still had Cam Newton. Just saying. We could still have Cam Newton. I, w- I hope he goes to Washington, actually. Maybe we'll Ew, bye. Peace. Maybe we'll talk about that next pod. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working.